Hello, everybody. This is episode 17 of the Sugar Mamas podcast. And today I get to speak with Maddie. Maddie is going to tell us all about the Medtronic N-Pin, which is, for lack of a better description, a smart pin, a smart insulin pin with Bluetooth technology built into it. It comes with an app. It hooks up with her continuous glucose monitor, and it helps her with bolusing for meals and avoiding things like rage bolusing and the unnecessary lows that come with it. She's an adult with three kids of her own now who has been living with type 1 diabetes for the past 20 years, and the N-Pin has really helped her with her diabetes management in a few different ways that she's going to explain for us. Maddie is also on a plant-based diet, which is something that my family doesn't do, but I was very interested to learn more. I love the way that she explains it and why she's made the choices that she's made with her diet, and I just know that you're going to love learning more about it too. It might not be the right fit for you or your family, but I think it always helps to gain a new perspective and learn more about where other people are coming from. All right, without further Further ado, let's get started. You're listening to the Sugar Mamas Podcast, a show designed for moms of type 1 diabetics. Here you'll find a community of like minded women who are striving daily to keep their kids safe, happy, and healthy while navigating the ever changing world of type 1. I'm your host and fellow T1D mom. Katie Roseboro. Welcome and enjoy the show. Before we get started, I need you to know that nothing you hear on the Sugar Mamas podcast should be considered medical advice. Please be safe, be smart, and always consult your physician before making changes to the way you manage type 1 diabetes. Thanks. All right, everybody, I am here with Maddie today. And Maddie, before we get started, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us your connection to type 1 diabetes? Yes, of course. Thank you, Katie, for having me. My name is Maddie, and I am a type 1 diabetic. So I have that direct link to the diabetes community because I'm in it. <laughs> you are it. So what, what age were you diagnosed? So I was diagnosed at age 12. It happened in May. I was in sixth grade, so I actually missed my last field day ever. But I remember being 12 years old and being diagnosed. I don't know my exact day, um, but it was somewhere, you know, towards the end of the school year in May. I was 12, and I'm 32 now. So in May, it'll be 20 years. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so sad you had to miss your last field day. I feel like as a sixth grader, that was probably probably pretty traumatic. Probably. (laughs) You don't remember? I mean, I... There was another tragedy happening, I guess, but it was fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. My daughter was upset that we didn't get to go bowling the day she was diagnosed. So she made me make that up to her over spring break this past year. I know. She's like, you owe me a day of bowling because I got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. I'm like, okay, sweetie, we will go bowling. Oh, so sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, Maddie, I wanted to have you on today because I know that you use the N-Pin, which I honestly, I'll just full disclosure, know very little about. The f- Probably one of the first kids that we met after Sarah was diagnosed was a 12-year-old girl, and she also used the N-Pin. And basically what she told us was it's been really helpful with helping her, you know, bolus for her meals and 
helping her calculate the dosage of what she needs to give herself before every meal. So if you don't mind, would you tell us what is the N-PIN? Yeah, of course. So I have recently been accepted into the Medtronic Diabetes Ambassador Program. So I'm a part of that now. um, And that's super exciting for me. So um, the N-PIN is part of Medtronics. And so the N-PIN is a reusable insulin pen with an app that helps people take the right amount of insulin at the right time. It has the dose calculator, automatically captures all the insulin doses delivered with N-PIN. Um, it has temperature alerts for if insulin gets too hot or too cold and many other features. It's a lot of the benefits that the pump users have, but the freedom that MDI offers. Awesome. So does it connect with your CGM? Yes. The one that I'm using, I use the Guardian Connect and they can work together. So the N-PIN is, it has Bluetooth in it, correct? Yes, it's Bluetooth. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's it's getting the data from your CGM and based on that and also the, I guess it saves the information every time you bolus for a meal or a correction, it saves that information Yeah, it saves all the information. And so you have to put in um, like your insulin sensitivity factor that, you know, you and your medical team have worked together to get. Um, You also put in your correction dosage and then your insulin to carb ratio. That all goes in there in the settings. And so that way you're able to see how long insulin stays in your body. So you don't, you know, do that rage bolusing. That's what's really helped me. Um, particularly because I can have more confidence in knowing that, okay, I still have a unit of insulin, let it work, let it let it do its thing, have some water, walk around a little bit. And so it really gave me the confidence um, to stop overcorrecting because that was one of my biggest challenges that I really just had such a hard time getting over, especially just, you know, mentally. I knew I was doing it and It was like I couldn't stop. So this really gives me the confidence and that, you know, I have my team of doctors that put all that together for me. So I know that it's, you know, working what's best for me and I just need to trust it. That's interesting. So I have a few questions about that. So it it also has an app with it, correct? So you've got the pin with the Bluetooth and then you've got your CGM and then you have an app that you're entering all this information into? Yeah. So the N-PIN combines a reusable insulin pin. And there's no charging needed for a full year, along with its NPIN app to simplify the constant tracking and calculating required for insulin therapy. The NPIN tracks active insulin, recommended doses, and it also reminds the user when to take insulin. And then the insulin or the NPIN works with Novolog, Fiasp, I believe that's how you pronounce it, or Humalog cartridges. But those um, would need like a separate prescription. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, I'm impressed that it lasts for an entire year. That's pretty amazing without having to charge it. Okay. Yeah, there's no charging. It just lasts for a whole year and it comes in different colors. I don't remember all of the other colors. It may be like blue or gray, but I chose pink. So it looks just like the pen. Um, and it also has half dosages, which is really cool. So this is my first time using half dosages, which I really like. Okay. So that was my next next question. What were you on before the end pen? So I started out 20 years ago with the syringes, NNR or NN whatever. I don't even know anymore. It's been so long ago. But you know, the syringe in the vial and carrying that around. And then as an adolescent, I tried the insulin pump 
I don't know which one. I think I was like 14, 15, and it just didn't, it wasn't for me at that time personally, Mm -hmm. um, because I was just really self-conscious about having diabetes and what other people would think about me. And um, I remember wearing one one time and my teacher's like, can you take that off? Take your cell phone off. And I was like, okay. Hmm. She just, she didn't know. And I was like, okay. And I just went and sat down in my seat and I was just kind of embarrassed. I didn't even say anything about it. Yeah. So, um, at that time the insulin pump just didn't really work for me. And then ever since then I've moved back to regular pens. Okay. So you've been on the in pen for how long? Um, I'd say I've been on the in pen for maybe almost three months. So I'm, I'm still new to it. Yeah. I was wondering if it's only been three months, maybe you haven't done this yet, but, and you don't have to share specific numbers, but, um, I'm just, I was just wondering if you feel like it's helped you with get your A1C down too. Do you feel like it has helps you keep better control of your numbers and everything? Um, I believe so. So before I started the NPEN, my A1C was Mm 6.4 and I've been hovering around that number for the past maybe five or six years. Okay. Um, you know, give or take a few points. So I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. I was having a lot of lows. So I'm I can see that I'm having less lows because there's a lot of data on here and it also shares it to your doctor and then it can also share it to I believe there's a few other, you know, oh yeah, so it shares um up to ninety days worth of data from within the app. To your healthcare team. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm not sure if it's helped my A1C yet because I haven't had that blood work yet, but um, I'm definitely having a lot more or a lot less lows yeah. um, because I just need, because I'm trusting, you know, that the insulin's still in there and I know that I have the knowledge now. So I'm sure it's helped a little bit, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, as I've quickly learned that it's not just about the A1C anyway, like that time and range and standard deviation is just as important. And if you're if you feel like your A1C is about the same, but you're having less lows, then you've probably you know what I mean? Like the probably the overall uh, time and range is was better, which is just as important. Yeah. And the CGM allows you to be able to catch those lows before they happen. And then my Guardian Connect that I use, it also has alarms on it. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of the other products do as well, some of them. So it also allows me to catch those lows before I get there. So that also helps along with the highs. Does the Guardian Connect, um, again, a product I know very little about, but does it have a follow feature? Like my daughter's on the Dexcom G6 and it has the follow feature. So I can see her blood sugar numbers remotely while she's at school or wherever, wherever she is. Yeah, you can share with other people. Oh, okay. And they can see it in real time. I mean, you're an adult, so you probably don't share it with too many people. But (laughs) for the sake of my daughter, I'm cracking up. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Sorry, I'm like cracking up because on I forgot that on Fridays, my lawn guys, our lawn guys come and I'm like, can y'all please go somewhere else for (laughs) for the next you know, 30 minutes or something. They're just loud out there. But yes, my the follow feature is a game changer for any parent of a kid with type one diabetes. It's just such a gives you such peace of mind to know that you can see where they're at during the day. And it also becomes a little bit of an obsession, as I'm sure you've probably experienced, you're looking at it all the time. So I've had to like put personal boundaries (laughs) on myself. Yeah, when I when I was using um, a different CGM, I had to like physically hold it up to the sensor so it would read it. And I was just checking it all the time. I mean, so much. And one of my old doctors that I had, she's like, 
can you just stop doing that so much? Because like, I can't see your trends. And when you've eaten, like, I, I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, I'm sorry. But it's just so it's so hard to like not check all the time. Um, so it's nice that the Guardian connect it reads every five minutes. And I don't have to hold anything up to that. And it just goes straight to my phone. So that's really nice. That's so awesome. I have a quick tangent question, because I'm just curious, as a mom, I know you have one little one right there. How old are they? Yes, I have a 10 year old. And then I have a five year old and a two year old. Oh, you have three kids. I'm sorry. I thought you said you just had one. Okay, so you're busy. You're very busy. No, just one home right now. Oh, one's home right now. Gotcha. So as a mom with type one, has having kids kind of helped you? Well, how am I trying to word this? Has having kids kind of helped you be a little less obsessive about checking the numbers and and things like that, just because you're always busy and you have something to do taking care of your kids? Or I don't know, are you are you more or just as diligent about checking your numbers because you want to be, you know, healthy and safe for your kids? Does that make sense? Absolutely. So my husband and I, we had our oldest daughter, I was 21. And he was 22. So we were very young. And I actually found out I was pregnant with her because I was in DKA. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, my A1C was like 12 something. I wasn't taking care of myself. I literally just turned 21. And I just wasn't doing what I needed to do. So she's a miracle in her in her own because they told me like, there's no way that this baby is gonna is gonna make it. And as soon as I got out of the hospital, I busted my butt and I did whatever I had to do because it wasn't about me anymore. And the choices that I was making was affecting my baby. And that was like heartbreaking to me. So that was when I believe, you know, she's a miracle. She's here. And I think that God put that in my life and her in my life for a reason, because it was time for a change. And it's it's what I needed. And I was really young and everybody was, you know, worried because I was so young. But looking back now, I became complete opposite because I used to go days without checking my sugars. Please, anybody listening, do not do that. It is so important to take care of yourself and go to your doctor's appointments. And I wouldn't go to my doctor's appointments because I didn't want to know. And I was embarrassed because I knew I wasn't doing what I was supposed to. So now that I have kids, and yes, I'm so busy, but I am extremely, you know, obsessed in a better way now that I'm using the technology to take care of myself. So you know, I check more, I'm very on it, you know, and I'm I'm very self aware of how I feel every little thing, sometimes too much, but um it's actually helped me because I wanna be here as long as I can for my kids and um I really wanna set a a good example for them. That's awesome. I feel like that's one of the most beautiful things about motherhood is that it kind of forces you to get outside of yourself and kind of put others before yourself, which is a good thing, I think, in the long run, right? Yeah, I think it's I think it's absolutely wonderful. So, you know, I used to always say, why me? Why was I the kid who got it? You know, and I had a really hard time accepting it, especially through my adolescent years. And I didn't want to be different. I was mad. And, you know, I would pray like, God, please heal me. And, you know, my family would pray and just over and over and over again. And then um, probably about like four or five years ago, I kind of realized that I felt like my prayers were answered because I was taking care of myself and I and I haven't experienced, you know, some some complications that other diabetics unfortunately have and and they can even just be taking care of themselves, you know, there's no rhyme or reason sometimes. Right. So, I feel like, you know, because of that, I was able to see 
all right, I have diabetes. This is it. You know, let's accept it. Stop, you know, the anxiety that's coming along with it. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that, that's something that's really been helpful for me. That's very interesting. I just, I feel like being a mom is is hard enough as it is. So I'm glad that you've kind of used it to better yourself instead of just becoming bitter and angry and resentful about the whole situation. Yep. It's here. It's here to stay. And I want to be, you know, a positive figure to my kids. And I want to help other people too, because it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. It is hard. And you are, um, your Instagram handle is plant-based pancreas, correct? Yes. I started that in the end of January because I just wanted a space that was mine. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, show the meals that I was cooking on my regular, on my personal Instagram. And then every friends and family, they'd be like, what is this recipe? Can I have it? And I would just like share it with them. I'm like, I need my own space. Mm-hmm. So that's where the plant-based pancreas came along. So are you a 100% plant-based diet? Yeah. So I follow the Mastering Diabetes, plant-based, whole foods, low-fat diet. I read that a year ago. I had saw it on one of my diabetes groups. And I was just like, let me just listen to this because you can actually download it as an audible version. So I just listened to it. I was getting ready on the way to work. And I actually listened to it twice. And it's long. And I was having a lot of insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. I gained about 30 pounds. I started getting like darkening under my armpits. I was using double to triple the insulin that I had to use before. I was working out. I was eating low carb. And I'm just like, why am I not losing weight? Mm -hmm. And I went to my doctor multiple times. And they're like thyroid and this and that. And it's nothing. Like, I'm fine. But I'm like, there's something going on and I don't know what it is. And so I listened to that book and I went back to one of my doctors and she kind of just was like, I don't think you have that. But she was new also so to me. So I had just kind of started seeing her and so she didn't really know how much I weighed before and that, you know, I was 30 pounds overweight. So she's just like, I'm just not sure. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. So I left. And I'm like, let me just start this plant-based diet. I wonder what her hesitation was. I'm not really sure. I asked her if she's like ever read that book and she's like, no. And she really didn't have an interest in it. So first she told me no. And then when I went back to her, I said, I found, first I found out about metformin before I found out about the book. Mm-hmm. And I said, let me try metformin. It increases your insulin sensitivity. I know it's for type 2, so I think that that's why she had some hesitancy. But I was like, let me just try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But let me have it. <laughs> so she let me try it, and I was able to lose probably like 10 more pounds from that. And then I found out about the book. And then when I was reading, when I was listening to the book, it talked about your insulin sensitivity and you can actually make yourself insulin resistant by the diet that you're eating. And they, for instance, low carb, high protein, high fat diet. And I was like, oh, hey, that's what I've been doing for a year or two, if not longer. And I'm like, I think I made myself insulin resistant. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. It was super interesting. So then I went back to her. Then I told her about the book and I stayed on the metformin. But then after I I started right into the diet, they kind of tell you to ease yourself into it. But I don't work like that personally. So I went all in and I'm like, I just want to feel better. And I care about myself and my body and 
you know, I just wanted to do whatever I had to do. And, and there are a lot of long term benefits to the mastering diabetes lifestyle. So I picked up on that. And I could notice a change in myself and my insulin sensitivity, probably within the first three weeks, I started to go low more because I was giving myself the regular insulin, but I was becoming more sensitive to it. So we actually had to increase my carb to insulin ratio, and then go down on my traceba. So I noticed a big change in that pretty quickly as far as you know, the low fat whole food plant based diet and how it personally for me um, helped my blood sugars and the insulin sensitivity factor. Oh, that's so interesting, especially about the part that you can actually make yourself more insulin resistant by eating low carb, high protein, high fats, like a keto situation, right? That's the keto diet, basically. Yeah, they kind of described it in the book. When you eat like that, it kind of just like builds a wall. Mm -hmm. And so when you give yourself a shot, it just it has such a hard time absorbing it. And so that's, that's what was happening to me. And then once I started to change my diet, it was able to get, you know, back into my body or my system easier. Hmm. So plant based is obviously it's not you eat plenty of carbs because fruits and and things like that. There, it's not a carb-free situation. You're just eating. You're not eating any meat. What else? What else is involved? No meat, obviously. What else are some of the rules of plant-based? Yeah. So there's no meat, no fish, no dairy. Gluten may or may not be a part of it. I think that's a personal choice for me. Do you eat gluten? So I'm not sure on that. Don't hold on that. Yeah. Unless, like I said, like. If I want a piece of pizza, I'm going to have it <laughs> because I everything in moderation, of course. And there are just a few things that pizza for one and ranch dressing. <laughs> I'm from the South. I love ranch. I've used one girl's cookbook recipe ranch and for vegans. And it's the closest I could get to it. But other than that, every other vegan or plant-based ranch, it's not for me. So... <laughs> You know, everything in moderation, but my ranch goes good with my pizza. So yeah, no dairy, lots of fruits, lots of vegetables. I don't know how it was when your daughter was diagnosed, but I specifically remember them saying, if you eat a banana, it's like eating a piece of cake. And so fruit was kind of off the table for me growing up. I really didn't eat it. So it is insane to me that now I'm trying all of these different fruits. And these are basic fruits that I've never really, maybe something here and there, but I've never eaten them before, even like peaches or blueberries. I've just had a kiwi for the first time, probably like a year and a half ago. Oh my gosh. Welcome to the world. I love kiwi. My kids love kiwis too. Yeah. So you're able to eat all of those things. And, um, you know, I really enjoy it. It does take a little bit more time in the kitchen and after work and all of that. But to me, it's worth it. And I've noticed that these meals that I'm making, um, my husband will kind of help with the meat for the for the other kids and him because they're not really plant based. But then I make my food. And one night I made vegan tacos and he was making steak. And my vegan tacos were done first. So he took a bite of mine. And then after he ate, he was like, I almost like those tacos better than the steak. And I was like, yeah, the food tastes so much better. There's so much more seasoning in it. And so I just feel like, yeah, I can eat almost more like, you know, the potatoes and everything like that. I'm able to eat a lot more and it. The food tastes better when you're plant based. I don't know. It, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's just better. Hmm. To me. Yeah. No, I did um 
whole 30 one time, which is not plant-based because you're allowed to have meat, but it was it honestly was awesome. I think the reason I don't do that all the time is really just because of convenience. It's I just feel like it was so much more time in the kitchen. I mean, especially with whole 30 because like for example, like they don't want you're not allowed to have dairy, but uh, they also don't want you like there's hardly any brands of almond milk that you can buy at the store that fit like the whole 30 diet. So I was literally making my own almond milk, which was actually delicious. Like if you I don't know if you've ever made your own almond milk, it was amazing and it was delicious. But I mean, I have never done it since and I will probably never do it again because it was ridiculously time consuming. <laughs> and now I just eat everything within moderation where we eat we eat junk food, we eat healthy food, we eat, we eat everything. So we haven't really limited my daughter's diet all that much. Honestly, I, I just feel like having the type one diagnosis and then taking away like all the things and foods that she loved right away would have been so traumatic. And I've, I've already said this on the podcast once, but I feel like if I had done that, I would have had to do it for the whole family. And I I don't know. I Maybe it wouldn't have been this way, but I just had it in my mind that like everybody was going to resent her because now we had to eat this way and we had to change our whole lives. And so we just kind of made the decision not to really change much and just figure out how to use the insulin, which is doable. It's not always easy, but it's doable. I've heard plant-based diets are amazing for lowering your cholesterol, which makes sense because you're not eating all that fat and meat and, and everything. I've I've heard that it's amazing for that. Yeah. And all the processed foods. I mean, there have been times where my husband and I will go out to eat at a restaurant and they don't really have, you know, a, a plant-based choice. So when that happens, I will choose a piece of fish and a vegetable. So I will eat those things if I have to, but I try to limit it, obviously, as much as possible. And I feel like personally for me, that's okay because it's it's really just a choice. I'm not allergic to anything. So if, it's, if, if I have to do it, then I'll do it. Um, the only thing I refuse to do is I will never eat red meat again. <laughs> Really? I just won't. And I feel like even if I tried some now, I feel like it would make me so sick. Mm. Um, That's something that that I won't do. But like if we're at a restaurant or something and and I have to have like a little piece of fish or some chicken, then then I'll do that. Mm -hmm. I know. I would love to get off red meat too, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I really love cheeseburgers, Maddie. (laughs) Oh, yes. I miss cheeseburgers. Like Uh I see these windy commercials and I'm like, oh, I just, I would love to have a cheeseburger. So good. But I just, I don't because I feel like it would make me sick. Yeah. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm worried about now because I have eliminated it from my diet. But before I would eat steak once a week, like people used to call me the steak girl. And now it's just so funny that it, that's not how it is. Growing up, my parents, they didn't, you know, eliminate food either for me. I remember eating bagels and hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. You know, every morning my mom would make it for me on the way to school. So they never, it was sugar free, uh-huh. but they never, you know, made me, you know, feel different or like we couldn't eat or that I couldn't eat certain things either. So, and it worked out really well for me because they never, you know, made diabetes like a huge deal. Mm-hmm. That's why I also love what you're doing because I told you like, she's going to love, your daughter's going to love that you're doing this and you are having these memories for her because I sometimes ask my mom like what was it like when I first got diagnosed like how did you feel or you know how did you feel letting me go over to like sleepovers at night were you worried you know did you call in and check on me I remember going to my grandparents house in North Carolina the four youngest would get to go and they just you know let me go so I was never not able to really eat anything that I didn't want to 
And they never also stopped me from doing things that everybody else was doing. But I really would love to know how they felt in those, you know, moments, you know, were they worried? Because I, I just don't remember and they just don't really remember either. So being a mom now, I know that if I had to have a type one diabetic child that Oh my gosh, I'd probably be still worried about them all the time. So I just love what you're doing. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. I hope she appreciates it. I mean, she she is fine with it now and she thinks it's fun. She's, you know, asking me, who would you talk to today? What did you guys talk about? So I think she enjoys it. I hope it stays that way. And hopefully she appreciates it when she's an adult. Only time will tell. Follow, follow up with me in about 15 years, <laughs> 15 to 20 years. We'll see how she feels about it. I was... You know, it's interesting that you say that about, you know, your parents just kind of let you be a kid. They never made it a huge deal, uh, didn't restrict your diet very much. And that's kind of my mindset. I, I was actually super overweight as a child and kind of came to, to the decision on my own that I guess I was 16 or 17 that I just really felt bad all the time. Like I was tired and just felt kind of gross all the time. Like no clothes ever fit me and I just didn't like it. So I came to the decision on my own without any encouragement or pestering or anything like that from my family that I was going to start eating better and I was going to start exercising, which is still a part of my daily routine to this day. But, you know, I think back and and I, I guess I'm just so grateful that, you know, my family was really just there to love me and support me. They weren't berating me or anything like that. And they, I don't know if they thought this through or not, but they kind of let me come to, to the decision on my own. Like they didn't force it upon me, but they, I guess, just kind of let me live my life. And I figured it out, figured out that eating healthier and exercising actually makes you feel a whole lot better. So I appreciated that for them. I did want to ask you just a couple other questions about the in-pin just because, you know, I feel like it's really basically like a pump, but without being on a pump, correct? It really does all the work that a pump would do for you, um, except for actually being attached to your body, correct? Yeah. And that's something that they tell you. And what attracted me so much to it is I saw a girl using it on Instagram. And I was like, what is this? And then she told me a little bit about it. And then I did my own research. And then I called them and they gave me all the information. And like, wow, this is really going to help me like with my rage bolusing problem. And the girl on the other end, she's like, yeah, I know. And I was like, wait, do you have diabetes? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, this is amazing because usually in the past, whenever I've, I've talked to other, you know, companies that have, you know, diabetic supplies, like I kind of like, make, you know, like little jokes like that or like saying, mm -hmm. and they just don't get it. And so when she got it, this is incredible because, you know, when you have somebody on the other end talking about a product and they, they use it and they personally know how it is, I believe that she said somebody that was working for Medtronic's actually came up with the in-pin um, because he was a type 1 diabetic. And so, yeah, it has, you know, those similar features, um, I believe, as a pump. And But you're just not connected to something. And that's something that gives me a lot of freedom. And I also feel like I see a lot of horror stories in, like, my Facebook groups, you know, where the pump messes up or it just, like, gives, in, you know, too much, too much insulin or really, like, kinks or something. Mm -hmm. So that kind of worried me, but even more so just being able to like have the freedom and not being connected to something because that was one of my, you know, issues in the past. Um, being an adolescent, just I didn't like being connected mm -hmm. to something. I'm sure my kids would try to like <laughs> grab at it or something. Who even knows? But um, right. Yeah, it has 
you know, those similar features and it's all in the app. And then you can also hook up when you're eating and you can um, have like timers or whatever on that. So it's like, Hey, I know they're eating breakfast between this time, lunch between this time, dinner between this time. You can also add in your long acting insulin in there. It doesn't Bluetooth, like the end pen, but there's a thing in there like, hey, did you give yourself, you know, your normal placebo dose at seven o'clock like you usually do? If so, log, log it. And then I just log it. And, you know, it reminds me, hey, you gave yourself insulin two hours ago, check your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool for the reminders. And you can just, you know, adjust that how you want to. And then it also comes with, it has like a Medtronic app and you have somebody who's like personally hooked up to you and you can like chat them be like, Hey, you know, this happened. What do you think about this? And either they'll help you or get you to the right person. And so that's really nice just having somebody, you know, like your own personal diabetes person that I can just chat with whenever I want. And that's super cool. Oh, so a member of the Medtronic like support team is always available to chat with you? Yeah. That is really mm-hmm. nice. And then they also have an app. Yeah. And then they also have an app I found out about. It's called Sugar IQ. And then in that app, you can put in your meals and how much you're eating, you know, and be specific. Like I had black beans and then, you know, it, it gives you like, it, it's called the glycemic assist. And I log that I ate black beans and then it like fall, it can follow, I think like maybe 10 different foods if you want. And when you log it, it'll kind of show you how the black beans did in your system hmm. and gives you a chart. And so that that's really cool. It tells you, you know, how many lows you've had, how many highs you had when you're in range. So yeah, that, it's just, it's really cool. There's so much technology out there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like most of the technology that I have found out about has all been through social media and other diabetics and their personal experience. So that's really helpful to be a part of, you know, that community, which is another reason why I wanted to have my own little, my own little Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember listening to you on one of your podcasts talking, cause I was going to be like, make sure that your daughter has diabetic friends because I didn't have diabetic friends growing up and I didn't go to diabetes camp because I thought it was weird. And <laughs> Because I was only diabetic. So I'm like, I don't want to go to this thing because people are going to think I'm weird or whatever. And now I look back on it and I'm like, I wish I had that community and friends, you know, that were also diabetic. So I think that's something really special that you're doing because we just really didn't, I didn't have it growing up. So it made me, you know, a little more like self-conscious because I was, I felt like I was alone and that's just not the case. So the diabetic community is, is made up of so many wonderful people that are just like you, you know? So it's, it's nice that you surround your daughter. Yeah, we're trying. It's been, it's been tricky this year with COVID, but we've definitely found one family that we're closer with than others. And we, we see them and Sarah can play with them. And there's a little girl at her school that was diagnosed with T1D this year actually as well. And so she's not in Sarah's grade. She's a good bit younger than Sarah, but I think it's just so comforting for her to see her in the hallways and wave and just know that she's got like a, a little partner in crime there at the same time. I I know a diabetes camp is like on my list of things. I'm so Sarah is loves the idea of camp, but she does not love the idea of not sleeping at home. She's like very much so a homebody. So our city does it's called Camp Jada. And it's actually a, a camp for type one diabetics, but it's 
not a sleepaway camp. So you it's one week and you go every day for like six or seven hours. And so I think I'm going to ease her into the camp scene with that. Unfortunately, they're not having it this summer, which hopefully this will be the last summer that they have to put it off. But doing that and then you know, maybe next year when she's in fourth or maybe even fifth grade, trying to talk her into or bribe her into or force her into going to a (laughs) diabetes like sleepaway camp. Because I think that's just such an empowering thing too, to be away from your family for an entire week. I mean, not only are you making all these friends and connections, but you know, you kind of realize like, oh, I can be away from mom and dad and be okay. Like, you know, I can do it. Definitely something we want to do in the future. Yeah, I think that she would love that. And I wish I was forced to do it because I probably would have just ended up loving it. And, you know, just being more confident with my diabetes and more accepting Mm -hmm. of it earlier on. So yeah, maybe, maybe force her. (laughs) We'll see. I I just may. I don't force a ton of things, but that might be one of the things. I know. (laughs) I, any other, you mentioned the make sure your child is in contact with some other friends their age. That's so important. But what other, based on your experience growing up as a type 1 diabetic, do you have any other advice for moms out there who are raising kids with type 1 diabetes? Yeah. So the adolescent years, I know I keep saying it, but those were the hardest because you are becoming more independent. You know, you are becoming older and and you want to do things that your other friends are doing, but you still have type 1 diabetes. So it's, It was very easy for me just to kind of put that on the back burner. And I remember my parents sometimes saying like, hey, if you're not checking your blood sugars, like you're not allowed to go do this because I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, but I didn't want to. Now I was over it. And so I remember not necessarily being grounded from that, but I wasn't able to go do things sometimes with my friends because I wasn't taking care of myself. And I think that that affected me a little bit in a negative way because you can't do this anymore so this is something that I used to do that I told I didn't tell you about it but I was going to tell you about it <laughs> something terrible that I used to do and you can't really get away with it anymore because of the CGMs and the technology so but this is kind of good for parents to know it's kind of like an insider telling you so you can really like be on the lookout but Back in the day when they used to give you your blood kit, it used to come with fake blood to test it. (laughs) And when I figured that out, I was like, oh, well, sometimes I would check my friend's blood sugars. Oh, because they're perfect. Yeah. So I'm like, let me get some of your blood so my blood sugars will look good. That's hilarious. And then I figured out, yeah. And then I figured out about the fake blood that comes with it. And sometimes I would just flop it on there so I could just go do what I wanted to do. And it would always give you that perfect reading, you know, in the 90s or whatever. Oh so yeah, I used, to, I used to do that. And I don't think I did it a lot, but I remember doing it. How much fake blood did they give you? Did they, I mean, what would you come up with a bucket of fake blood? No, it, it's, it's just like a solution. It's not real blood. Okay, right. Or, yeah. It's just like a solution to test the strips mm-hmm. when you get them to make sure that they're, you know, working properly or if, you know, they're not expired or something like that. But it would give you like a perfect reading. So I remember using those and that was terrible that I did that. Does your mom or your parents know about that now? Like, are they going to find this out while they're listening to this? <laughs> they're going to be like, Maddie, they're going to ground you. <laughs> I know. I don't know if I've ever told them that, but it's not something that I wouldn't not tell them because, you know, I'm older now. We're, you know, you have a different relationship with your parents, Yeah. you know, when you get older. So 
maybe sorry mom if you're listening because I know she's gonna listen um (laughs) (laughs) sorry mom but yeah so that that's something that I used to do that's terrible so hide the fake blood Okay, hide the I don't even know if they come with it anymore. Kids can't get away with a whole lot these days because the CGM doesn't lie. And unless she just takes that off and puts it on one of her friends, which that would be, uh, I don't think she could talk anybody into that one. But, and they can't get away with their grades either because their teachers are constantly updating their grades on, well, we use this thing called power schools. But, you know, before you had to wait for the report card to see how your kid was doing or talk to the teacher every now and then. But now... Every day, I can see what their grades are. They can't get away with anything. Yeah, that's when I was always grounded. Report <laughs> cards and interns. And now I have an app and I can see everything every single day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, they really can't get away with anything now. And I, I would never suggest anybody doing what I did. But those are just little things that you do and you don't realize what, you know, the damage that you're doing. Um, and I also remember sometimes, I don't really know if it was my parents, but I also had a friend. She's probably listening. <laughs> When I wouldn't take care of myself before I had kids, she she worked in a nursing home and she was going through nursing school, and she would tell me like, "You need to come see these diabetics. Mm. Like, they'll they have no circulation in the, their feet, they lose their feet." And I'm just like, "I don't want to see that," Mm-mm. you know. And so I almost felt like there was like a scare tactic. If you don't take care of yourself, you're gonna lose your feet. Da, 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 da. And I never like that. I don't think that, that that's a good thing. So maybe there's some type of advice in that. Um, because you really can't, I didn't process that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't understand what that meant. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, I, that just kind of scared me. But I also I didn't understand. I didn't understand why they were telling me that until I get older, mm-hmm. you know, when you mature and develop and everything. And then I understood. But yeah, scare tactics. That's I wouldn't I wouldn't advise parents to do that. Just yeah. because from my personal experience, because it, it didn't really do any good for me. And it and it kind of just like scared me even more, you know, and it's scary enough sometimes. Mm-hmm. So maybe some advice like that in the diabetes camps and, um, you know, having friends that have diabetes, so you don't really feel different. And I just, you know, just be really patient with them, especially through that, you know, 10, 11, 12, 15, 16, I was not a perfect diabetic, but I I figured it out kind of like how your parents did, Mm -hmm. you know, for you, they just kind of let you figured it out. And then you did, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and so I think we all as diabetics have our really good days and our really bad days. And, and those days could turn into months, you know, but it, it's hard for us every single day. You know, there, there are no breaks. There are no vacations, you know, even sleeping. Like I know it's hard for you guys as moms, but you know, as the kid, it's like, it's even worse mm-hmm. because you're doing it every single day. Oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So probably just through those years, maybe be a little bit more patient because they're going to test you anyways. And then you have to put this, you know, horrible disease on top of it. So just be aware of, of the future in that sense. And um, yeah, I would just say be more patient and, you know, give them a little bit more grace. Got it. That's fabulous advice. We're coming up on those years very quickly. She'll be 10 next January. So fast approaching for sure. Well, I just, I really appreciate you coming on today, Maddie. Thank you for talking with me. Thank you for telling us about the in-pin and about your life with a plant-based diet. I found that to be really interesting. And just the advice you gave us as moms uh, of type 1 diabetics. And I think it's just, it's helpful for me to even just to talk to you, knowing that you're an adult now and you have three kids of your own. And I mean, I think that's, especially when you have a girl that gets diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, that was one of my first thoughts of, oh my gosh, 
Is she going to be able to grow up and have a family of her own? And how hard is that going to be for her? And I'm sure I have no doubt it's been hard for you and challenging at times, but you are living proof that it can be done. And I think that gives us moms a lot of hope and encouragement. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was one thing that I always wanted to be growing up. I never wanted to be a nurse or a doctor. Maybe a little bit of advice there. My parents always wanted me to be a nurse because I do shots all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to be a nurse. Yeah, that's not what I want to do. But it makes sense now because I do know so much about it. But um, yeah, what do you do? Can I ask what you do? Oh, yeah, I do uh, marketing right now for a logistics company. So okay. social media, marketing, yeah. And I've done that for a while. That's what I'm doing right now. I've just been telling Sarah. Well, I haven't really been telling her because she's not going to understand this now. Um, kind of like the same. She's not going to understand this scare tactic now either, like you said. But I've been just thinking like, okay, she's going to need to at least have a good job. I don't care what she does. It doesn't have to be healthcare, but like she's going to need some good health insurance or she's going to need to marry somebody with some really good health insurance. So I've already been thinking about that. Yeah, that's something that. that you always need. You always need health insurance. And so when I've had to pick jobs and things like that, you know, I've, I've always had to have health insurance like included because we need it. We have to have it. So that's always been, you know, a little more difficult, but, um, Fortunately, I've been I've been pretty good on that end. There was one thing that I wanted to mention that I found out about maybe four years ago. It was through the University of Florida, their diabetes research program. And I don't know if you're familiar with this or if you've even done it. But so mom to mom advice is because I have diabetes. They sent me like this little package like to fill out. And I actually got my daughter. I had to go to Quest and get blood work done for her. But they were able to test if she had the diabetes gene Mm, or the antibody mm -hmm. in her. Mm -hmm. And she didn't have it. So that was good. And then now they have something that comes in the mail. Mm -hmm. And I think you can use it from age two and up for either parents who have diabetes or if your siblings do it's something they they send it to you and you prick your finger so I pricked my two-year-old's finger because I already did the oldest and I pricked her finger and you just there's like five little dots and you have to fill them up but then you send that in and it also tells you if if they have the antibody is that trial trial net I don't remember it's okay I have I don't know a whole lot about it now but I'm actually have the opportunity to interview two gentlemen one is from the University of Florida um, and he works with TrialNet. And then the other one, they'll be on the same call together is with through JDRF. And uh, there's another kit called T1D Detect. That's what I think. I think it was through one was through the University of Florida. And then years later, I used, I believe it was the one through JDRF. Okay. So yeah, I get to, I'm super excited about that interview because I want to know more about it too. I'm kind of on the fence about whether or not I want to do it. So I want to learn more and I'm hoping they can help me make that decision. We'll see. Yeah. I told my, my sister about it who has kids. I mentioned it to her because I'm a diabetic and maybe she could pass the gene on who knows, but both of my girls were negative. So that was, that was really good. But it also doesn't mean that they're never going to get it, but it just means right now they don't have the antibodies and Anytime I see them thirsty, you know, all the time or anything like that, I'm like, oh, let me check your blood sugar. Yep. So I do do that also from time to time because I had the same symptoms as your daughter, you know, being thirsty all the time. And your road trip story, Mm -hmm. it was like deja vu because that trip that we used to go on with my grandparents, it was in North Carolina. So it was a 10 to 12 hour drive every summer. And I was always the one who had to stop and go to the bathroom. And I think I, 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 I went before I was diagnosed. 
Yeah. So I'm like, you know, cause it's like, seriously, you're stopping. And I didn't realize that until I listened to your story. And I was like, there's probably like some type of connection there, yeah. you know, before. And we caught it early as well. So we didn't have, you know, this whole crazy story either. Traumatic, so. Yeah, traumatic hospitalization. I mean, I think everybody spends a couple of days in the hospital, but some experiences are more traumatic than others. Yeah, I've heard that more kids get diagnosed over the summer, just in general, which I find interesting. I need to look up and see why exactly that is. I kind of was thinking it's because of it's right after cold and flu season. And so you know how cold and like flus and viruses can kind of trigger the autoimmune response that can start the whole T1D process. So that was kind of my thought. But anyway, in the summertime, lots of people are going on road trips. And, you know, I wonder if that's how a lot of families kind of notice like, oh my gosh, we've had to stop for the eighth, ninth, 10th time. That's, that's really, really interesting. Well, Maddie, I know that you, this is valuable time for you. You've got a kid that's asleep and you need to make the most of this. (laughs) Yeah, that was always like my glorious time when my kids were napping. So I will let you go and get on with your day. But thank you again for coming on here and talking with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. I love what you're doing. So keep it up. Thank you. It's awesome. The Sugar Mom podcast. You're doing really well. So thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll I'll be seeing you on social media. Don't worry. Can I put your Instagram handle in the show notes? Yeah, of course. Just the at plant-based pancreas. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, listeners, that is the end of our show for today. In the show notes, you can find a link to Maddie's Instagram page. It is at plantbased.com pancreas. It's very pretty and very informative. She's got lots of good recipes if you might be interested in trying a few plant-based meals or going full bore plant-based. You do you, people. I'm also going to put a link to the book that she mentioned, Mastering Diabetes. I'll put an affiliate link to Amazon for that one. It looks like a good read. I've currently got a couple diabetes books that I'm reading, but when I'm done with those... I think I might check this one out. And last but not least, I will put a link to Medtronic's website and their page on the end pin so you can read more, find out more, and see if it might be the right fit for you or your loved one who's living with type 1 diabetes. I can say for sure that if my daughter wasn't currently on an insulin pump, we would be looking into it. All right, mamas, caregivers, teachers, grandparents, those living with type 1. As always, I absolutely love chatting with you every week. I'm honored that you come to listen. So come back next week for another episode of the Sugar Mom podcast. Thanks you guys. Bye.